0: This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, go to stdpodcast.com/slash support. Guys, and Welcome to STDA a Star Trek Discovery Podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. What we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. Now guys, normally what we do is review episodes or talk about Trek related things, but alas, at, at today we're going to be a little bit off the beaten path, a bit off the beaten path, and we're going to give the STD podcast hosts the week off, uh, having finished a great season of Star Trek Discovery. And we're actually going to go into the vault of Discussing Who. Now, as you know, Kyle Jones and myself, Clarence, uh, the Who and the Impossible Host, uh, also host another podcast called Discussing Who, which can be found at discussingwho.com. And we're going to go into the vault. Pulling back an episode we did on December 3rd, 2016 for the Discussing Who podcast. And we're going to talk about the movie Arrival, which is a 2016 American science fiction drama where it dives into the story of how we can make contact and how language can play a big role in that. Now, as you listen to this review, I had reservations about this film, but I think Lee, um, our resident playwright and, uh, and, and theater geek actually brings me around by giving some very, very insightful thoughts on some of the deeper meanings of some of the themes that are actually in the movie. Now, uh, excellent cast. We have Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, along with Forrest Whitaker. And again, we follow a linguist enlisted by the U.S. Army to discover why aliens have arrived on Earth before tensions lead to war. Uh, If you like Star Trek, I think you will like this movie. You can currently watch it on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime for free and you should definitely check it out. Come back. Check out our review. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right into it and I'll see you on the other side of this review. There are days that define your story beyond your life ah! Like the day they arrived
1: I'm Colonel G.T. Webber from Intelligence Pack your bags You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations
0: Priority one, what do they want, where are they from You'll be reporting to me but you'll be working with him when you're in the show
2: That's what they call him, the UFO.
1: Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough.
0: Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in.
2: Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. I'll
0: give you the right. You
2: cannot destroy an undead. At ease before you spray something.
1: Well guys it's good to have all three of us together again so lee i want to let you uh go first because um your wife actually has uh thought extensively and has even written about (laughs) arrival Mm -hmm. so uh kind of give us the inside peek into um that whole article
2: yeah i told her i was about to run to my office to uh to record a podcast about arrival and she said, Ooh, I want to be on it. I said, <laughs> t- well, you'd be more than welcome. Yeah. Where is she? <laughs> tell her, she, tell her she, to she's come on papers. No, she's, <laughs> no, she's being a conscientious <laughs> professor and she's actually looking at her student dissertation. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, but yeah, she, I, I had been talking it up to her from the traders and from advanced press that I've been reading. I've said, you know, I think this is, uh, I think you're really going to want to come see this with me. I think this is right up our, our, uh, our shared alley here. Um, and, uh, it, for me, for us, it did not disappoint that it was everything that we were hoping it would be a, uh, a, a forward thinking, um, uh, intelligent, and yet a uh, deeply emotional science fiction film. Uh, I had high expectations for the film and they were actually surpassed. Really? So it, yeah, it wow. was <laughs> everything that I wanted it to be and a lot more. So um and um, yeah, well, you, I I I I look forward to talking with you more about it.
1: So um Clarence, you you just saw it today, am I correct? Yes, it's fresh on the brain. All right. So since it, since you've just seen it and it's completely fresh for you tell tell us, give us the Reader's Digest setup for the story.
0: <sighs> so, um, the story takes place, uh, well, what happens in the story is we get these twelve structures that appear throughout the whole world, and the whole, really, motive is to try to find out why these aliens are here, and try to communicate with them in some type of way to figure out what exactly is going on. And I'm I, after, even after just seeing the movie, I still have a lot of questions <laughs> that I want to ping Lee with because it was some things I just didn't understand by the time the movie was over with. And he probably knows what I'm talking about in a lot of ways. Uh, but, yeah, so they they tapped this linguist um, played by Amy Adams, uh, Dr. Banks or Professor Banks. And she is one of the most experts in language. And she's going to try to. Uh, along with 12 other stations around the world, try to figure out what exactly is going on and how can we communicate with these aliens? How can we figure out their language and talk to them?
2: I think Clarence has given a really good summation there. and, and, And he's touched right on one of the things that was most exciting to me about the film in the first place was that the simple fact that the problem is going to be language means that this is going to be an adventure of the mind. And, um, I, I was looking forward to a film that wasn't going to be about, um, people, uh, about b- blowing up, uh, trucks and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and watching buildings fall down. I'm, I've, I've, I've just gotten weary of it. I am weary yeah. of watching yeah. CGI buildings fall down. I don't care anymore. And, um, and I think, uh, I don't know, I think maybe the, the message is getting through. I think a lot of people are saying the same thing <laughs> that really we'd like to be treated like adults here. And, um, and this is a film that really treats you like an adult. You've got to be paying attention. You've got to be thinking and you've got to have some life experience. I yeah. think, um, one of the things that got under, uh, uh, got to our hearts very quickly, uh, my, my, my wife and me is, uh, that it's uh, in a lot of ways, a film about being a parent. Um, yes. about the choices you make in life and the things that you're willing to give up to have that experience. And, um, I'm really eager to see the film again now that I've gotten to the twist at the end.
0: Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 you know what? Uh, I have to say, like, I was on board from just seeing the trailers, and I'm sure Kyle has even seen the trailers. I I was on board with seeing the trailer. I kind of, I knew what I was getting into. I had heard that, you know, a lot of people were giving this movie rave reviews. You know, I've uh, even heard one podcaster that I really trust, you know, the uh, podcast I listen to a lot, and he loved the movie, you know, and I'm usually along, along the same sensibilities as him. And, I have to say, man, I just it it threw me kind of for like an interstellar loop at the end. I was, you know, for the first 45 minutes or I'm sorry, first three quarters of the movie, I was on board because I knew I knew what I was getting into. I knew what it was all about, you know. Um But by the time we decipher what this language is, which, you know, this language that they're trying to understand has much of a. God complex sentimentality to it, or whatever. Where it's there's no sense, there is no sense of of time. It's and I, and maybe you can explain further, but I really still don't completely understand what the language means. I'm thinking that the language has something to do with a the ability to go forward or backward in time. And and when you understand the language completely, I don't know, but by the time we get to the twist, I'm just shocked
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by all right. what
0: happened. And all what right. it's all all a, about. It becomes all
1: right. an awful lot to take in. It's true. It's <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let me you know, let me let, let me throw in real quick here. So let's not get to let's wait for the twist until the very, very end. So let's yeah. for anybody that's listening that wants to wait for the twist. So I, I want to go back and talk about the Overall concept of wanting to understand their languages, because we've seen that just a little bit in other movies, but not to the depth that it was done in this movie, even to the point to where they even gave them nicknames for the, what was it? Uh, Abbott and Costello, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly.
1: You know, so, so, you know, they're getting into actually trying to decipher this alien language, which, you know, we come from watching Doctor Who and you've got the TARDIS doing that for you. You've got the universal translators on, you know, so that's, that's even a, you know, it's not even really thought about in a lot of what we watch because that's just taken care of for you. Whereas this movie spent so much time actually using that as the main Focus. So what did, uh, Lee, I'll ask you that. What did you think of focusing so much on the language? Uh, well,
2: yeah, like, like I think that's what I was trying to say earlier that for me, that was the great appeal um, because that's something I'm interested in is the um, the ways in which um, understanding someone else's language, you know, between us as humans who who speak different languages um, as soon as we get into that process, we begin to find that we are so much more similar than we are different. And you do have to enter a mindset of how other people's languages are constructed. And this, this script takes you s- deeply into that idea, uh, to the extent that your, your mind, your perception of how the universe works is changed by, by learning to, to speak or to understand this other language, which is, um, I, uh, Clarence, maybe you, you may be getting hung up in trying to make all this make literal sense. And and what what moved me about it was that it, that I I'm experiencing it poetically. Does that make okay. sense? That I think yep. that for one thing, there is a gigantic time travel paradox in this film, and yes. it, and you can stay up all night worrying about that, or you can. My say, head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for clarity's sake, I'm talking about the fact that. That there is a world saving moment where uh, Louise, uh, Amy Adams' character, she has a piece of information that is going to make all the difference. And then we'll later learn that she is given that piece of information in the future. Yeah. So where did that piece of information actually come from? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah you know, certainly. Sorry, certainly. Um, the. The you know it's like every great time travel movie has got to have something like that in it, uh, something that <laughs> doesn't seem to have a beginning or an end. But they yeah. should have played um,
1: Beethoven's Fifth while they were uh, trying to figure out all of that. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> another good example. All <laughs> uh, right. Um, the pocket watch in uh,
2: Somewhere in Time doesn't seem to come from anywhere, if you know yeah, that film. Exactly. Um, but, but, but you um, know,
0: Lee, what what was even more disturbing about that scene that you just mentioned is like when. She is told that piece of information in the future. She doesn't remember... That she's been told it because she's <laughs> not
2: been told it yet. That's right. I, she's experiencing oh, that for God. the first time, so that she can change her behavior in the past. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's that. Yes, that will give you a headache. It's,
0: <laughs> I think it's a different dimension or something, and you get to that point. I don't.
2: I don't it know. is. I, I have to think <laughs> that, that she's able to rewrite her own timeline uh-huh. so that her timeline will come into existence. That's yeah. That's uh, <laughs> so, I, 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 You know.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I want to mention like one thing I thought was brilliant when you just want to talk about the language. You know, they had these, the the governments around the world were doing around the world were doing different things to try to decipher this language. And what she did was so simple. What you would do with a little kid, she just like drew it on a board and started doing it that way to try to learn their language. And, you know, writing human on a board and pointing to herself, pointing to her comrades there, I thought that was so simple and so elegant, but yet once we get our head in the clouds of trying to be so technically brilliant, and I'm gonna figure out all these ways of trying to learn a language, she just went to a very, very simple visual aid that allowed them to start the chain of communication. I thought that was great. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, we'll go yeah. back and look at the way we've communicated for you know how you know for hundred. Let's let, I mean, let's use the written. The written language, you know, that we've yeah. written about for hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. just because you can create a book online with ever actually having to write a single word of that now with the way technology is, that does not replace, um, you know, the handwritten notes that it, you know, people had all hundreds and hundreds of years. And I guess where I'm going with that is sometimes. What worked before is so much better, but we've gotten so enamored with our technology Mm -hmm. and loving our, oh, well, you know, let's Google translate or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's just, I think something that we do. And it's easy to get lost in that. So I think that that point that you're making is a good example of that.
0: And I like to, to you, to that point, I wonder. Like anybody that's truly a language nerd, you know, Mm -hmm. we we look at technology and geek culture or whatever. Uh, How does a language nerd view this movie? Because I think she had a lot of good and I got to get credit, I guess, to the writer. She had a lot of good um, insight into they're trying to find out this question. Why are you what is your purpose for being here? And she just like breaks down this sentence into some like real language nerd stuff yeah. <laughs> I was saying well we gotta learn this first in order to see what they're suggesting and see blah 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 we gotta figure out the pronouns and all. I'm like whoa whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was great very very awesome to see mm-hmm. that amount of geekdom put into a, just a simple
2: <laughs> sentence that they're trying to figure out it's true and, but the sentence is and what she proves is the sentence is not is not simple at all definitely that it's full of kind of giant concepts um. Yeah, and I'm enough of a language nerd that I that that aspect of the film was really that really had me buzzing. <laughs> I and that's one of the things I was looking forward to about it, of course. But uh, you know, it's it's true. It's um.
1: All right. So so help me out here and help me. You know, help me recall this. So there were twelve. How many? Twelve spaceships, right? Yeah. And so each one of those, and for anybody listening, this is kind of setting it up. So there were twelve spaceships, each. Carrying a piece of the overall message. Is is that correct? On my- mm, well, that's, that's what not they, quite how I read it, but is it, is that yeah. how you read
2: it, Clarence? Or? Uh,
0: well, I mean, they kind of allude to that, but in the end, I don't think it really matters because the way that she's able to figure out what's going on, I don't, I don't think it matters that each other one has a piece of the message or whatever. Um, yeah, that again, like I, I get really confused on the last <laughs> thirty minutes of this of this movie. And I think that's a part of it when they're trying to figure out what association this one ship has in relation to all the rest of them. And and then, you know, they're still spouted off like, it's saying weapon, what does weapon mean? And then there's this big twenty minute sequence where we're trying to figure out what weapon means and all this stuff. It's mm-hmm.
1: it's it's a bit much for
0: the popcorn seeker. (laughs) All right. So, so let
1: me, let let me throw this at you. So let's, let's assume for a moment that, that the aliens, when they came, did not, maybe they, you know, I understand the time aspect of it, but what if their intent of having that, even if that didn't happen or didn't, did happen or did not, regardless of that, but if they did have the 12, you know, Uh, They arrived in 12 different places and each of them had a, a piece of that message and the intent of a understanding that the humans, if they had the time aspect, did not per se work together, that the best case scenario could have been that forced them to bring out the best of themselves and work together. That could have been an intent, whether it happened or not. That could have yeah. been part of that intent. There, I, I
2: think that the, the 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 film's ideas, its big ideas, uh, touch on some of the things that are best about *Close Encounters of the Third Kind* and about *2001: A Space Odyssey*. Um, and in in both of those films, we get the impression that a superior intelligence and cosmos also a cosmos in a big way. So uh, all three of those films that I that I love, they all have this idea of a superior uh, intelligence that is to a degree testing us to see if we're ready. And, and in this film, that seems to be the test because the only way to get through this is for the people representing those 12 nations that the, the aliens have uh, sort of parked their ships over. Uh, those people have got to talk to each other. Yeah. That's the only way out of this. And, and there was a part of me that I think was subconsciously hoping that's where this plot was going, and so I was very gratifying when that when that's what happened because I I don't know uh, we're all guys here talking about this I, I I don't know are you familiar with this this um this theory this idea of sociology and psychology that as men we tend to think hierarchically and women tend to think consensually.
1: Elaborate a little bit. I, I I've heard that yeah. before, but but elaborate. So
2: just but for it, someone there is this sort of idea that, that 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 the three of us just naturally waking up in the morning, we're inclined to uh, give orders, follow orders, ask who's in charge, want to make sure people know we're in charge. It's all about the, the hierarchy. Whether we're conscious of it or not, it's just it's in our DNA and we're wired that way. Whereas women tend to be tend to relate to the world in terms of connections that they can form. And so, um, and it just makes us different. You know, it's, it yeah. turns out that you, both of those, the, both of those ways of dealing with a, any situation in the world are, are, are well, sometimes one of them is going to be really good and sometimes the other one's going to be really good or some combination to two. You, you've got to have them both. That's so, that, yeah. um, and I love the fact that, that not only is the, the most gifted linguist put up here to the front, but it's, it's a woman. Yeah. Sorry. So, so the odds are she's probably going to seek that kind of solution, which turns out to be the right – That turns out to be the right answer. Yeah. We've got to all be talking to each other. And, you know, at the risk of getting political, I really needed to hear somebody say that right now. <laughs> I needed to go see a movie where they said, you know what? We better be joining hands. That's how yeah. we're going to – that's how we're going to survive. Yeah. So, Lee, I want to ask you, what do you think of the whole um, –
0: and this happens a lot in movies, so much, so much in movies. It's really a shame. The at the first notion of we don't understand something, we don't completely get why you're here. We're gonna give you a countdown and we're gonna blow you up if we <laughs> if we think there's any chance of a threat. You know, it I I just I just hate it when that happens and you know of course, it wasn't our country that was going to do it. We said it was China, some some other country oh, no. in moving. China, <laughs>
2: because we wouldn't do that. Yeah, because we wouldn't do that. Yeah, but yeah. We it, did it in the day the Earth stood still, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. Do you do you dislike that because you don't think it's it's fair? You think that's not what would happen? Well, I'm. I, I'm pretty sure it's what would happen, but <laughs> but I don't. That's a like, good reason for not liking it. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but I I don't like the notion of us just resorting to I'm gonna blow it up if we don't understand it. You know, and you can you can even make that analogous to things around the world today. You know, let's yeah. let's let's try to get an understanding of what's going on before we just come down to the ultimatum. We're gonna blow it up, which I mean, honestly, I, I don't see how do you think they can blow this thing up or. Declare war on this thing when they. It's just floating in midair and it, it produces no radiation or anything logical by our uh, scientific studies or whatever. So, But they're going to blow it up. So I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I did wonder about that too. That that has got to give any uh, uh, real science fiction fan uh, 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 a big chuckle in that movie. And they're all saying, we're <laughs> going to start shooting rockets at it. I think, really? <laughs> you think that's going to do anything? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. these guys clearly have a grasp on physics that we do not understand. I don't think there's anything we're going to do this. But yeah, but yeah, beside that. Yeah. No, I, 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 um, I hate that, uh, that, uh, that meme or that trope as well. But um, I, I think that uh, in 1954, when Mrs. Day of the Earth stood still, you know, when, when Klaatu came out and reached inside his, his tunic for something and the guy shot him, I think that most of us in the theater said, yep, yep, that's wait, what would happen. That's, wait, I, I, I thought Ke- Keanu Reeves was in that movie. <laughs> no <laughs> a good one. No, there is no remake of the day the earth stood still
1: <laughs> but you know good i time. think you know i'm going to go back to the sociology and psychology and all of that that lee lee mentioned a few minutes ago and comment on what you just said which is you know i think it goes back um whether you're male or female i think as a species or as a people we have this innate desire or whether it's hardwired or not to a be scared of what you don't know and b have to conquer whatever that is and if we're scared of it the easiest way to get is don't understand it if it might hurt you just get rid of it you know yeah. we you know we've got to show we've got to show power i mean i'll, I'll give you an example um regardless of when you're listening to this uh, if you're listening to us in 2016 or 2020 or Found us in some un- weird or un- uh, <laughs> lost archive yeah, in 3030 30 or whenever. Yeah. Um, you know, this weekend there was a um, you know Fidel Castro died, and I was watching the news and I watched uh, two different uh, people who are in our government. One who has been retired for 20, 30 years. The other one who's didn't. Make it as far as Donald Trump did. And one of them was commenting very gracefully. One of them was commenting very politically. And it was interesting to see the one who had no, um, and and I don't, and I don't care, uh, and, and mind saying who I'm talking about. One being Jimmy Carter, the other one being Ted Cruz. Jimmy Carter has no political aspirations. He's been there, done that, and he was actually there with, you know, the, during the time when Fidel Castro was still in power. Right. It, the comment that I saw from Ted Cruz seemed much more politically motivated, politically layered with with messages, and I'm sitting there reading it, and it's like one was graceless, one was graceful. And, you know, if you're listening, if you disagree with who I think was graceless, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. But, you know, that's that's my opinion. But I think that ties in to you take that mindset of having even layering in your political message on top of. Wanting to tell this person, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all, as opposed (laughs) to this other one who just acknowledged that a human being had passed and who actually knew the person. And, uh, you know, so if you take that mindset and you put that in a real world, if tomorrow morning you woke up and there are alien ships in the sky, you can't tell me that it would not be spun to whatever political uh direction you would want to spend it in in Absolutely. the united states in the uk in china and wherever because those people in power need to maintain their powered position and i think that is where you know that underlying of what would happen if that did happen you've Just as they've been commenting from Brexit and not Brexit or, you know, Clinton or Trump or whomever, those same people, if you put those mindsets into that scenario, what would happen? So that's my take on it.
2: Yeah, I I think that's all true. Uh, Address your hate mail, by the way, to Kyle Jones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At com. (laughs) Exactly. Um,
2: yeah, you know, you may know I worked for a while on a on a, a, a direct to cable TV series about uh, UFOs, and we talked with a lot. I, I interviewed a lot of uh, true believers and a lot of uh, you know, people who claim to have inside information and so on. And one of the things that came up in those interviews consistently was the the fact that the U.S. government has known that they that we are being visited by alien races. They've known this for years and they have kept it a secret from us and they have mocked their own people who come out and try to try to tell the truth. And, you know, they're willing to, to do anything, anything to keep the secret, um, because they fear what would happen to our country politically. Um, if, if that uh, were to become common knowledge, because they know that the response would probably be, if not a, an aggressive one, um, which would just get us deeper into trouble, <laughs> uh, but um, but simply one that would would only uh, be to the advantage of the people who who manage to gain um, some kind of power over that information, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes so, perfect so sense. So that's that's why they're still fighting to keep the secret.
1: I don't know whether that's true or not, but boy, does that ring true, you yeah. Which there is a interesting uh, TV show that is on. This is totally off. Uh, Topic here, but, uh, sp- spinning off of what you just said, Lee, there's an interesting TV show on TBS right now called People of Earth, and it's made by the same, uh, people that made the office and parks and recreation, oh. which are, is, which centers around a support group of people who have been abducted. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's actually kind of funny. It's, 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 quirky comedy so um uh, I've, I've heard that i was aware of the
2: title but didn't have any idea that that's what the show was about <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and well, and, and I, there's I, I, an inside gag that anybody that has been uh and this isn't uh a spoiler or anything but anybody who says they've been hit by a deer hmm, they've really been abducted interesting all right yeah. so back to arrival <laughs> that <laughs> is changing the subject we want still. to talk
0: about the uh, the the big twist in a movie. Let's go. For we're it. to talk about that.
1: Let's go for it.
0: So um, <laughs> again, there's some. Feel free. To, yeah, this is me trying to explain it. I'm yeah, still, explain this in a few words. <laughs> I, I don't think I understand it completely, but somehow her being able to understand the language unlocks some ability. at, I don't know, where she can see what's in the future. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, uh, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that we learned these visions she's been having all movie were actually mm-hmm. visions of stuff that hasn't happened yet versus stuff that I initially thought were that happened to her in her past. And at, at that point in the movie, man, my mind was just blown. I was just like sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> I was just, I, I, and it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense now that if you look back, why she was so disturbed by seeing yeah. those flashbacks, well, what we thought were flashbacks, Flashback, yeah. because it was st- stuff that hadn't happened yet. And, and
2: not only has this heartbreaking thing not happened to her in the past, as we have always been led to believe in the movie, but that now this is a heartbreak that she's going to choose to embrace. Interesting. Yes. And yes. if <laughs> and that's why I said, maybe you got to be a parent to get it. But you, because I think there's got to be a part of you in the audience watching that saying, well, nobody would ask for that. It, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we all do, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, very simply, do why would any of us deliberately want to choose to be with somebody who is, you know, probably going to die someday? Well, yeah. we yeah. all do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have foresight. So what's no. going to
2: happen when, you know, so and, and the only difference is that she actually knows. And she's and experienced she, that already, yeah. which is just that more <laughs>
0: mind blowing if you really think about it. I mean, why would you go down that road? And yeah. I I guess that's my biggest that's the coolest <laughs> thing. But also my biggest problem with the whole movie is by the end, I'm still confused as exactly what just happened. You know, when she gets this knowledge, all these 12 spaceships around the world just disappear. Um, and it's just like, I, I, you know, to be, to be honest, to be completely honest, I got that interstellar vibe from the end of this movie. Um, I just, I was, I was just shocked. <laughs> It, what about you, know, you, Lee? I could I can go. I on came out it. of the
2: theater saying this this works were to me. Interstellar does not. And and as a screenwriter, I felt like um, Interstellar's the 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 uh, sort of the unfolding of its last act of its storytelling. I, I felt it felt to me like there was a room full of writers saying, "Okay, uh, we painted ourselves into a corner. What do we do now? Okay, let's say that uh, time and space have all been altered, and so we can actually manipulate events so that the you know." And I thought, hey, you guys are bailing. This was not. But in but in arrival, it's clear that this was the plan, the very carefully laid out plan from the beginning, and all the pieces slide into place so that we have that moment that that Clarence and I are describing of going, oh, that hadn't actually happened yet. Yeah. But she's
1: wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to take it actually in a different direction when you when you said you know how could she. Go into it knowing, uh, you know, what's going to happen and then, you know, still choosing to proceed on knowing what's in store, knowing what's going to happen. And you know how I do. I love to associate things back with Doctor Who. But that reminds me so much of you look at the doctor's, um, relationship with River. And mm-hmm. in the first meeting, he sees her die and knows that she will come to the library and she will die. And regardless of saving her or whatever, he he goes and even has that moment of, you know, I can change, you know, let me do something. Let me change it. And she says, no, don't, don't, you know, I you know, don't change one line. Don't you dare. So, you know, in a way that's so similar to, to this is yes, you had that foresight. So that, so every single time he meets her up until the point of last Christmas when, uh, you know, they went to Trenzalore. I'm not Trinzalor, uh the, the Towers. So, you know, you had that really? foreknowledge. So, in a way, that's quite similar to, you know, it is. what happened here. If you look at it from the mindset of what um, the lead character here is, now you're realizing, oh, wow, this is so different than what, you know, you thought at the beginning.
0: Yeah. And, and just to explain a little bit further, what happens in the movie, she eventually, I guess, marries uh, Jer- Jeremy Renner's character. And, you know, for some reason, I think maybe she's the only one that knows the language because she writes a book and mm-hmm. it has all the symbols and stuff in it. So maybe she's the only one that fully understands what the language is about because after Marin marrying Jeremy Renner, she, they have, they, I guess, they conceive, and she tells him that the kid is gonna die, and for that reason, he leaves her. Cause, yeah, he, you know, this we saw this way back at the beginning of the movie. I think uh, mm-hmm. he says, "Why would you have a kid when you know? Or how could you do this when you know it's gonna happen?" Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it. I'm still, my brain is still <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why is she the only one with this ability, and why does she wait? To tell them, which, again, going back to what you got just said, the reason is she doesn't want to change what's going to happen because she want to it live it anyway. But, you know, she's I don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm lost for words. But could it be that the entire object of this movie is to create the response to which you just described as being it made me think to the point to where I'm at a loss of words? It's I not just so. – it's yep. not that I went to a movie for two hours and, you know, um, bang, 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 you know, explosion, explosion, and kill the aliens, all hell, whatever yeah. the people are, and end a movie. Credits.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is what, what really good art does is you, you, you come out shaken. You come out changed and say, I'm not entirely intellectually sure what just happened, but viscerally, I know <laughs> – I have experienced something important. Yeah. And and for me, I, you know, I'm old enough now to have, to have done a lot of, um, loving and losing and, um, and, and asking that question, if you had it to do all over again, you know, and and the answer always keeps coming back. Yeah. Yeah. For all the heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. I would do it over. And she's literally presented with that
1: choice. Now that you know, would you do it anyway? Yeah. All right. So and let me, uh, let me ask another, uh, deep question to both of you. So let's, you know, you take any of those moments that you just referred to, Lee, any, any of those moments for any of us or any character. Would it not be true or would it not be a true statement to say, even if you took out the most minute seeming memory or event or whatever, and remove that from the canvas that it makes character A or character B, character A or character B. If you removed something that seems so minute, is it possible or impossible for that character or that person or whomever to still be the same person or could there be ramifications and so forth? So either of you take that one. Hmm. Lee, you're the writer. Go for it.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, you notice how I how I was ready to throw Clarence under the bus there. <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> on, Clarence. <laughs> ah! Well, I, this is one of our big debates in comics, isn't it? Is that, that when you retcon something and and change yeah. somebody's origin, and you, you say, well, no, that now you've changed everything that we've ever known about them. You you can't just uh, whisk the carpet out from somebody like that. It's a uh, uh, it, it means you really are starting over. I, yeah, I, I when you change things in people's lives, you you end up with a different person. That's what I think. What do you think, Clarence? Uh, true,
0: true. Um, again, you you we're looking at this 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 time thing where she's going back and she has knowledge of the future. What? How do you know what you're doing isn't changing something for the bad or the good? You know, do you? Is she remembering stuff in so detail? She knows exactly what to say when. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I mean, like Lee just said, I agree with what he said. I mean, of course, it's going to change things, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's the right way to think
1: about it. You know, and I think I think you both hit on what uh, my thought. You know, a little bit, both of you did, but my thought would be without any of us knowing what one event. My, whether it be minute, whether it be great or whatever, what is the, or what are the domino effects or the ramifications or the butterfly effect or the ripple effect or whatever effect you want to refer what to, whatever you want to call it, removing one little item. Like, for instance, let's say, and again, here I'm going with a Doctor Who reference, the turn left reference. Mm-hmm. Um, just the decision to turn left and go in a different direction could have catastrophic events. So someone decides to go home a different route on day 200 as opposed to going home the other uh same way that they've gone home 199 times before. That just so happens that going left or going right or going straight or whatever – Causes that person's death or causes them to be in an accident that has, uh, you know, the death of someone else. So there's, um, that not having the foresight to be able to say what those, um, actions could impact, I think is the answer to my question, but tying it back into the movie, she did have somewhat of a foresight because of the things that happened to her. And I think that's what gave the, Um, descriptions that you two just gave so much more weight is the fact that she did have all of that. She she knew that. And yet she chose to still do what she did.
2: And part of what makes the film exciting for us in the audience is that she's got two puzzles to solve simultaneously. And she doesn't even though we, we, we come to understand that she's getting glimpses of the future. They're not whole and complete. So she doesn't have certain knowledge about what to do, but she's getting little pieces of what it all means or how it connects. And so she's not only got to understand why she is seeing these things that she's seeing, but we also have the problem to solve of, um, the implications of the discoveries that she's making in the language. The, 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 the pivotal one being when, um, somebody else's, uh, Efforts to decode the language come up with the word weapon, and she immediately says that is a that is a very rich uh, and complex concept. That could be tool, that could be yeah. instrument, that could be device, that could be almost yeah. anything. And the army guys are already saying, "Nope, you said weapon, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, they didn't. They maybe they did, but maybe they didn't." And yep. you know. Uh, and like so as everything we know, is, is on a razor's edge, just as you're yeah. saying. If at this moment we decide to go this way, then that's what's going to happen. But maybe we need to go yeah. the other way. We, yeah. It yeah, it made me think about
0: like how some words don't translate across languages. You right. know, they might not have the level of detail for a word that you have in their language, or vice versa. So right. yeah, yeah, that's so that's it, a very good point. But um, okay, if, if it's. If
2: I want to go, go talk uh, uh, a little bit more about uh, about gender in this movie that um, I right, go for it and it, and I hope that in in your uh, when we when we put this on the website that we can link to uh, to my wife's uh, blog piece about this because uh, um, this is something that she studies and is interested in and um, and I thought she wrote so she wrote beautifully about it. Well, one of the things that that touched her especially and that I was very conscious of as well is that the lead in this woman is the lead in this woman, the lead in this film is a <laughs> woman who is um, not only slip. incredibly smart and. um, um you know, uniquely gifted for the, the task that's uh, that's before her. A- and she is not sexualized. She's there to be a woman, but she's not there to be, um, well, as Karen said, she's not an underwear model. Yes, yes. So most of the time when we see her, she's, she's wearing lots of clothes, <laughs> lots and yeah. lots, so that yeah. she almost doesn't have a shape at all. The fact that she's a woman um, is about that sort of consensual thinking, uh, as opposed to hierarchical thinking I was talking about and her um, a, and a maternal uh, connection that we don't understand until the end of the movie. But that's it. Those are the aspects of her femininity there that, that the film turns on. And it's just not about it's just I don't know. It's so refreshing. My God, it's so refreshing. And Jeremy Renner gets to play the traditional the role that is traditionally the the love interest, yeah. the, the, the female. Yeah. And he's always a, about a step behind her and one to the left. And, um, they're very careful about this. When they first embark into the spaceship, you'll notice that she, she falls forward and somebody has to catch her. And just for a second, I thought, wow, that's the most. Um, let's help the girl out Yeah. That this film has gone exactly. so far. And then the next moment is he makes the same step and falls flat on his face. Yeah, which was great because like you said, <laughs> they they took
0: away that one second of she's a woman kind of out of the film with showing that, okay, maybe you actually do need help when you get
2: out. right. <laughs> well, yeah, all it did was was show you how difficult this actually is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then after it's all over, he's really the one who has the breakdown. I mean, he's 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 uh, throwing up in the trash can and so on. Yes. And, uh, uh, you know, and it which doesn't make him it doesn't make him weak or seem silly. You know, it's just that's exactly what I would do. And I <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's just so refreshing to see those things stood on their head. And um, it's it's one. Of the, and the film does it without pointing a big red arrow to it either. It's just there. Yeah. Yes, certainly, certainly. See,
1: I think that's the times when things like what you're describing Lee, actually work. It's mm. different when it's, it's like the, they have the big, big red arrow, as you said, that's pointing saying, we changed this or pay attention to this or look, 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 look. But when you don't need that and then you still have something else going on that makes you say what you just did, that's when it works. Yeah. So. On the uh, overall, uh, would you guys think that this is a standalone movie? Do you think it was left open to be something, you know, The Arrival 2 or what? Nah, <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. no, no, no. Oh, no. No, no. No way. That, I mean, it's, I didn't think so, but so. I just was curious. Yeah. When, your thoughts.
2: But, you know, I said that about 2001. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, Arthur C. Clarke got three more books out of that, or. Or uh, 2010, 2016 and three. Yeah. So <laughs> anything is possible. But I would hate to see an arrival too, I think.
1: You know, like, yeah. It yeah. Arrives again. Well, I'm still skeptical about the Incredibles <laughs> too, so let's Hey, uh late arrival. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Corny name, but hey, there we go. They had a late arrival.
2: Somebody will want to do it.
1: Um yeah. so Clarence, what did you uh what was your overall thinking of the movie?
0: Uh I have to say again like the the similarities I got to in the at the end kind of was were, were off putting to me. Um overall I still enjoyed the movie. I thought the pacing could have been a little bit tighter, but by the time you get to the last 15 minutes of the film, you see why we had all those lulls, all those flashbacks. They make more sense in that context. But I have to say, while I was watching the movie, uh, I was like, we're doing an awful lot of flashbacks. It's kind of getting on my nerves. But again, they kind of explain it off. And like Lee mentioned, it'll make sense, probably a lot more sense once you watch it again. Um, I do wish the the resolution would have been a bit more um Cleaned up a, a little bit more, a little bit more explanation, but you know, it's good to have open ended discussions sometimes about these things. So, uh, I think that's okay. Overall, I would probably give it a three and a half out of five. Uh, just because of those points I just mentioned, I, you know, I, I just couldn't get over those things for some reason. <laughs> and it's sad to say because I love seeing sci fi brought to the big screen. and And in this case, you know, uh, and which we're seeing more lately, a lot of strong women in these positions, which, which make they, they, you know, it's good to see a great film with a strong female lead behind it. And, uh, yeah, it just, I don't think it was really my cup of tea, but that being said, I can't say that I really expected something hugely different. You know, it's kind of, I kind of knew what I was getting when I was going in to a certain extent, but that hand, man. <laughs> Very. <laughs>
1: so All right, about you guys. All right, Lee. What did you think? What did you? What, what's uh, your final it, thoughts? You know,
2: this is my. This is entirely my cup of tea. So I've got to give it five out of five. I just, uh, it, it's it's been my favorite film this year, and um, as I wrote to somebody did today, this this may be my favorite film for many a year. Um, and, and it, it's funny as we were talking about, it, I was just thinking that we we were sort of, I, I was sort of putting down, um. Uh, the big special effects heavy movies, you know, as we, as we come to say, but, uh, this is a special effects heavy movie. And I, I think, uh, Clarence will back me up here. The effects are gorgeous. Yes. Yes. Holy smoke. Some of the things in it that you've never seen on the screen before are amazing. So it it is a, it is a visual feast in that way. And, uh, so I I recommend it to everybody for that,
1: (laughs) for, for that alone. Um, You know,
2: I just loved everything about it.
1: You know, I think this is going to be, or for me, it's one of those movies that when you go through the story of the movie, the second time through and see it, it Mm. is, you know, this, you know, and understand it completely. And and for me, the second time through of going through the story, I think it's one of those that you'll go, Oh, well, this makes so much more sense. And this Mm. has so many more layers. Uh, but I think anything that could prompt the discussion that we've had for the last hour, which, you know, is not your traditional, let's blow up something movie. I think is like you said, Lee, a very great success as far as a story. So for that, I think it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to be one of those movies I go and do more research on. I mean, in addition to, uh, to Dr. Shack- Shackford's article, as well as other articles, I'll be reading to try to, see what's <laughs> what people actually um, with their, uh, you know, people have time to dive into what's going on to to try to give their conclusion of, of how to explain what happened at the end, which I did with Interstellar as well. So, yeah, it's a
2: good exercise. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's the kind of film that is probably going to strike people differently at different times in their lives, if uh-huh. that makes sense. That no, makes perfect sense. Yeah.
1: You know, that's just like you go back and you watch a movie, We, any of us, any of the three of us or anybody listening watched 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, and you watch it again for the first time, you relate to those characters completely different, perhaps, Mm -hmm. than you did your original time seeing it.
0: There you have it, guys. That is the Discussing Who podcast review of Arrival, which you can find more at DiscussingWho.com, which features Cal Jones, Lee Shackelford and I. And we talk pretty much all things who as well as other sci fi related things from time to time which most of those have moved over to our discussing comics channel now, which can also be found at discussing com. So yeah, uh, also again, Cal uh, Jones, Lee Shackford and I, but check out Lee's work, which is our fellow co-host on discussing who uh, at relativity.com. That's the relativity podcast, which is an audio drama for your ears and mine. And you might even hear a Cal Jones or a Clarence Brown on that podcast. Now, guys, I will say uh, if you visit our Patreon, which is patreon.com dot slash STD podcast, we will have a bit more bonus content. Now, uh, me and Cal went down to Pensacon this past weekend in Pensacola, Florida, where I did record the Robert Duncan and Neil Robert Ricardo panel. And I will say the audio quality is not the best or else I would have posted it as a main on the main feed as a podcast but there is a lot a lot a lot of goodness to be had from that panel and that will be posted on our patreon again at patreon.com slash std podcast guys also follow us on social media you can check us out on pretty much everywhere at std podcast except for twitter where it's std underscore podcast and yeah just check us out there and and, uh subscribe and all that other good stuff and yeah for all the hosts who are not here today uh we will see you next week as we are going to review the next book that came out the next comic book that came out for star trek discovery and um we're going to be talking about that in depth on our next episode uh next week so stay tuned for that And, guys, again, for all the hosts, uh, we will see you next time and live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.